0: Welcome in to this week's episode, Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, joined as always by the soulless canine,
1: Dog. What the fuck is up, Denny's?
0: And making his second guest appearance for AFC North Week, Mr. K-Douche.
1: Here we go, Steelers. Here
0: we go. Right, cut his mic off. Cut his mic off. Yeah, he's cut. Yeah. All right, and we're looking for a uh, another guest appearance from someone else. If anyone else wants to join, who's not K douche, let us know.
1: Might have a few call-ins.
0: But uh, anyways, before we get started with all the uh, nonsense talking about the AFC North, I just wanted to remind everyone to uh, follow us on all those social media platforms at HitSick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can hit us up on our own personal Twitters at Michael Underscore I'm at the Real Ryan Long. At KBrew22. And for uh, any long-form feedback, feedback, feel free to uh, hit us up on email, hitstickfantasy at gmail.com. Any uh, recommendations or any ideas, questions,
1: feel free to send it our way. How's everyone doing? Uh, living the American dream, brother. Kyle?
2: I'm ready I'm ready
1: to get rolling. I know you guys are. You, You're looking at you the you
0: chops. The you, don't you, go, you don't even want to talk. You don't even want to see how my day was. You know, work's been kind of hell for me. You know, nothing. Fuck your day. Wow. All right. Well. You guys ready to
1: hop right into it? Yes, we are.
0: All right, everybody. So we have a uh, our fourth divisional episode. We are going to finish up the AFC today and talk about the AFC North. You know, some of the favorite divisions in football. It's going to be a tough division this year as well. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with the
2: Baltimore Ravens. K-Douche, get us started. All righty, I'm going to get you started with the wide receiver one, Rashad Bateman. Like him, like him. And I'm, I'm loving, the reason I'm picking Bateman, I'm loving his ADP right now. I just took a look. Going in about, seems to be eighth, ninth round. And as the wide receiver one in Baltimore, no more Hollywood Brown there. Sign me up. Yeah,
0: I don't hate it. Um, I just don't know how good he is. That's my biggest concern. I think he's going to be, you know, peppered with targets, even though some of them might not be that good coming from Lamar. But he's definitely a buy when it comes to any kind of, you know, lower ADP.
1: You know, wherever he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be worth a worth the pick. Yeah, he missed about the first half last year with injuries, but when he came out, he was he was fine. He was solid on the field. You know, he's good to see 10 targets a game you can predict, really. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you're getting him in the 8th, ninth round as somebody who was once the touchdown leader in the NFL's you know, wide receiver one, I'm a big fan of that. I like Rashad. All right, Ryan, who do you got for the Ravens? Um, I'm going with his quarterback. I'm going Mr. Lamar Jackson. Uh, somebody who... Being right now drafted around the QB five in ADP, and that's where he finished last year in points per game in the weeks that he did play. You know, weeks one through thirteen before his injury against our Cleveland Brownies. Thank you, Brutus. Uh, He that's about his floor. So if you're taking somebody at their floor, you're pretty much grabbing value, and I'm a big. You guys know I'm a big fan of that. Um, He is somebody who is one of five maybe six people who has a realistic opportunity to finish as the QB one on the year. That rushing upside is no joke. He is probably one of two people in the league who has real thousand yard rushing upside as a quarterback. So you're going to hammer that all day. He should be back. He's got his weapons now. I mean, no Hollywood Brown, but I don't think that's too much to be worried about. I think Rashad Bateman is talented in his own, right? Mark Andrews is probably the most solid young tight end outside of Kyle Pitts that you have in the league. And, uh, you know, he gets his running backs back. So, I think all of his weapons there, all of the opportunity, if he stays healthy this year, you're seeing another top three performance out of Lamar.
0: Yeah, I, as much as I, you know, used to hate on Lamar, I think he's kind of fallen into that safe range of where the value's still there. I think before, a few years ago, after that MVP season, people thought that he was just going to take a huge jump when it came to passing, and he was going to hit them 40 touchdowns every single year. I don't think that's in his cards, but... I do think he's a solid runner. That's his best attribute. And with losing a burner like Hollywood Brown, that's gonna be, you know, on display. So I definitely I don't hate Lamar Jackson, you know, in fantasy at all. And plus he's really fun to watch.
1: That's the nice thing is you're not taking him for his passing upside. You're taking him for his rushing floor. Yeah. Which is remarkable.
2: Yeah. I'm all in on Lamar. Like you said, Ryan, he's got a chance to be the number one QB, and anytime you have a chance, and you don't have to draft him first quarterback overall. No. I, you're getting him in, in the
1: fifth round right yeah. now, predictably as the fifth quarterback off the board. So you're getting a solid I'm team before in. you're even taking the guy who could be the league winning quarterback. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I definitely uh, I agree with both those takes, and we don't need to uh, you know spend too much time on Mr. Mark Andrews. He is the bona fide number one or two tight end this year in fantasy. So we're going to move on to uh, my player, and that is Mr. J.K. Dobbins. He was one of my favorite guys coming out of Ohio State, skill-wise, talent-wise. And I thought he was, you know, getting ready to have a monster season, similar to what Jonathan Taylor did last year. And I still think that's in the cards for him. I think with the way that medicine has been coming and people coming back from the ACLs, like, it's just, he's a great talent on an even better running offense. And when he's going, according to Fantasy Pros at running back 19 41st overall, that is a crazy value. Yeah. I think he has the potential to finish in the top 10 if he stays healthy all year. And with that upside, I'm I'm
1: hammering that pick all day long. Yeah, he is somebody who can do it all. He can play out of the passing game. He can run through the tackles. He's, he's a weapon, and a, a complete offense, offensive weapon. And, yeah, that injury did suck last year. I don't know what was going on with their practice field, but, man, everybody was going down on that team. So now if they return back to full form – they are a danger, you know. It sucks being a Browns fan in the AFC North because the Ravens, they were a little bit of a disappointment last year, but you know what they still are and what they're capable of. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, and I just
0: think that without that injury, he would be going into the top 20. I agree. And that's value. Like, if you're going to only draft people on your fantasy team that's never been injured or never had a serious injury, your hands are going to be tied when you're when it comes to drafting because eventually you're going to have to take a risk. And like I said last week, I like to draft without a condom on. Yep. So I'm going in ball deep going raw. All right. Well, that's enough for the Baltimore Ravens. They kind of had a pretty, you know, solidified where those targets are going. Who's going to get that opportunity. So let's go ahead and move on to the
1: Super Bowl runner up Cincinnati Bengals. What a fucking shocker. That was the fact that the Bengals who went from like the worst team in the division picking top five the year before all the way to the Super Bowl. Why can't we ever do that? Maybe we will. We spent so many years in the bottom of the fucking pit. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, with with
0: Joe Burrow just coming in, like he just he's perfect for that team and what they've needed, and they've addressed a lot of their you know downsides as a team over the off season. It's all going to be about if that defense can come together to see how well that team does play as a whole. But I think we're going to see more of the same. They might. I don't. I don't predict them to win the division this year, though. And I think that they'll definitely be able to squeak into the wild card and still play well with a ton of fantasy options.
1: So, Ryan, go ahead and get started with one of my favorite fantasy options in the NFL. I think it's one of everybody's favorite fantasy options. That's Mr. Jamar Chase, wide receiver one, numero uno for the Cincinnati Bengals. He is a, you know, me and you both loved him coming out of college and going into the NFL. You had him ranked higher than... I think anybody I saw going into the year last year, I think you had him as, like, a top 10 guy.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had him at wide receiver 7 or 8.
1: I think you did. And, I mean, nobody's bold enough to do that with a rookie. So, and, props to you. Because and that's
2: he, still a little ball, Yeah, he finished yeah, as the literally. wide receiver
1: 5 in the year on half-point PPR. And, I mean, the, the roof is the ceiling. The sky is the ceiling. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that saying is. Uh, he's got the most upside, I think, of anybody going into this year. He's got a great quarterback throwing in the ball. <laughs> He's young enough to where he should be able to stay out there and you know not get tired out, a la Cooper Cup, who's turning 30, 31. Yeah. You know, who just got paid, though. Just got paid. But the only other person in his range is Justin Jefferson, who does not have a great quarterback throwing in the ball like uh, Jamar Chase does. Uh, he had a historic rookie year where he saw you know 1,300 yards, 12, 13 touchdowns. And, yeah, that was kind of inflated by that last game where he put up 266 and 3. But even then, I mean, you look at his stats, and the dude was a bona fide stud. Um, another thing going for him is he saw eight or more targets in nine of the 16 games that he, like the full games he played in. So he, he gets the looks. He has the talent. He's got the per right person throwing in the ball. Uh, the only thing I have to ask is, are you willing to pay a first-round pick for him?
2: That is where it becomes tough.
1: When it, becomes, when it comes to redraft, unless you're getting that bona fide wide receiver one, I don't know if I'm taking a wide receiver in the first round. If you think Jamar Chase is that wide receiver one, I'm pulling that trigger. But as a late first, early second round pick, I'm looking running back there. So I don't know if I'm going to have too many shares of Chase this year, but God damn, am I high on him.
0: As the zero RB truther of the podcast. That you are. I will be hammering Jamar Chase in the end of the first round all year long. And if it's not him, there's, four, there's three other receivers who I'm going to feel comfortable drafting in the first round. And I don't care which one I get. I don't care if it's Jefferson. I don't care if it's Cooper Cup. I don't care if it's Stephon Diggs. Any one of those four guys, I think, have the ability to win you week but also be solidified to get you 10-plus every every single week. And even when you were back in the day when Reek was on Kansas City, that's kind of what you got from Jamar Chase. Like, there were a couple games where he did kind of disappear a little bit for you, but I don't see that happening, and I think that he's going to be dominant Week in week out, win you weeks by himself. I'm all on Jamar Chase. So his running mate, the second wide receiver on the team, Kyle. Go ahead and get get it going.
2: You know, Ryan, I love that you kind of touched on the fact that Jamar Chase is going in the first round right now, and and that's part of the reason why I kind of picked T Higgins to talk about today, is because ever since he's come in the league, he has been a safe wide receiver too. You, you don't expect too much from him, but you can get those flashes and. He's young enough. He's got the great quarterback like you talked about. I think this could be the year that we finally see him get to that high end two, maybe even push a low end one. And he is going in the third round ADP right now. That allows you to draft that running back in the first round, maybe second round as well. I'm liking T. Higgins this year. Yeah,
0: my biggest concern with T. Higgins, I think he has a solid spot there. Um, I just, I feel like, not like sketchy. I, don't, I just, I get nervous about drafting a guy who's not the number one option on his team that early in drafts. Now, that being said, I mean, most of the other guys going around him are second options like a Jalen Waddell or, you know, they're not that great of a team like a DK Metcalf or a Terry McLaurin. So I think I would lean T Higgins over those guys. Right. So that thought that popped in my head, I, I guess I kind of disproved myself. And I think that's a pretty safe pick going with T Higgins.
1: Yeah, T Higgins, he's a stud too. I mean, he was taken with the first pick of the second round with the Bengals the year before Jamar Chase was there. So, I mean, his opportunity was was coming. I mean, you just don't take the chance and pass on a guy like Jamar Chase when you have that pick. So, there's no blame on the Bengals going there, but now they have two of the, you know, probably top 20 receivers in the league. Um at least. Uh they might be the best wide receiver duo in the league this year, and there's I don't know how many other teams you can put an argument against other than like maybe the Dolphins.
0: Mm, Yeah, I don't even know if I would consider them even close. Exactly.
1: They're close.
0: They're close. They're close
1: in talent-wise, but they don't have the quarterback like Cincinnati does. So if somebody can spread the ball, it is Joe uh, Joe Burrow. So I I love T. Higgins a lot this year, too. The only downside is there's another guy on that team who is also a bona fide stud, and that's going to be the guy you're talking about. They have a running back who can do it all as well. So how much can go around for fantasy purposes – unless the Bengals happen to be like the 2007 Patriots, where just like everyone's feasting and they're the best team we've ever seen. I don't know if all of them can eat, you know, so I'm going to ride chase out and I'm going to ride Mixon out, but I still also have a little bit of love for T Higgins.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of uh, fall into that same boat. I'm, I'm on all of the Bengals players this year. Uh, I'm worried about how high their ADPs are because of the season that they finished out with, but I still think that it's going to be more of the same. And, uh, Like you mentioned, the guy I'm going to be talking about is Mr. Joe Mixon. I smoke when I drink his tradition, and I'm (laughs) Mixon. And that is the running back for Cincy. Finished as RB4 last year, and yet he's still going at the back end of the first round. When my rankings get published, sneak peek, I believe I'm going to have him in the top four. And my main reason is he is one of the most complete backs in football who get utilized like one of the more complete backs in football. And he can catch. He can run very, very well. He can break good tackles. He still gets good touchdowns. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I'm going to have him so high is what is one of the main reasons the Bengals didn't come away with a win in the Super Bowl? They didn't run the ball. Not only that, but they had Chris Evans and Samaj P. Ryan in on third downs Throwing him the ball when the game was on the line. Do you know how many times their coach has heard that and their owner has railed that through his head all offseason? That is going to be a point of emphasis this year for the Bengals is to make sure that they get their money's worth when it comes to Joe Mixon. He's one of the few backs that got his second contract, and I think they're going to utilize him very, very heavily. They got an improved
1: offensive line, and I'm all about Joe Mixon this year. Yeah, there's no reason to not be on Joe Mixon this year. He is... He's a tremendous talent. You know, if he stays healthy, he will probably finish as a top five back. So there's no argument against that. And he has job security. There are no other backs on that team that are a threat to his position. And he's got great players all around him who kind of take the edge off of him having to do it all, too. So it's a perfect storm for the Bengals to have, you know, three or four top ten players at each of those positions. Yeah, and what he
0: doesn't have an opportunity like a Derrick Henry or a Jonathan Taylor has he's going to have unfavorable matchups because yep. they're not going to be able to stack the box like they did against the Browns and against the Titans and against all those run-heavy heavy teams. They're just not going to be able to do that, and that's going to leave wide open lanes for him. Um, Kyle, you got anything left on the Bengals?
2: Um, no, I, I love Joe Mixon. I mean, anytime you got a running back who their success is just dependent on their health, that's what you want. A guy who's, when he's on the field, he's a bona fide stud, and that's what Joe Mixon is. Definitely.
0: Definitely. All right, so let's move on to team number three. Arguably the best team in the NFL. Definitely the best team in the NFL. Definitely has the best fan base in the NFL. For sure. And uh, we're going to go ahead and start with the Cleveland Browns. Super
1: Super Bowl. Super Super Browns. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right, Kyle, get started before I get too that. Oh, man, job. you guys are making me start this off, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I wanted to go with a wild card for the Browns, and I'm, I'm picking someone here who I think has potential to surprise us this year, and that's David Njoku at the tight end position. Um, I'm thinking, you know, they have their stud wide receiver now, Amari Cooper. Um, they have a new quarterback who we don't know who his who, who number one target's going to be, and they just gave David Njoku that big contract. I'm thinking that this could be the year where we start to see him insert his name into a top 12 tight end conversation. Yeah, I,
0: I'm, i like, very close to making the Chief, David Njoku, one of my hits of the year. Yeah, So right. I don't disagree with you at all. I think he's going to be going as, a, like, a top 10 tight end, but he has the physical attributes, oh, the yeah. speed, the size, and all that stuff to finish like a Darren Waller does as long as he gets that opportunity. And with the unprovenness of this wide receiver core, I think there's definitely a possibility to break out and you're not going to have to pay the price of one of those top five tight ends.
1: Yeah. He is, He's a tremendous receiver when it comes to, you know, going out and getting the ball. He's a big body dude who can jump. He's athletic as hell. Uh, I have no arguments against Njoku. I think Njoku is a stud and he just needs that opportunity. So I, I'll agree. I think he does have the chance to finish top twelve. I'm not going to go ahead and put him in like the top eight or anything no, yet. No, but when it comes to tight end, there are really only like five, six usable guys, and then the rest are crapshoots. So he'll be one of those crapshoots.
0: Right now on Fantasy Pros, he's ranked at the uh, tight end twenty-one. Oh my! Guys goodness. ahead of him are Alberto, Tyler Higby, Nope, Nope, nope Logan nope. Thomas, Cole Komet, nope. Gronk. Even though he's not playing, Cole Komet yet. maybe Cole,
2: Gronk. Even though he's not playing, yeah. Like okay, they're, they're, well.
0: there's a ton of there's a ton of guys who it's like. Yes, could they possibly finish ahead of him? Possibly, yeah. But I don't. I think it's just as likely as Ninjoku finishing exactly. then So those that those are going to be some guys that you're definitely going to want to take a risk on, especially if you miss on those top five six guys. Um, so we talked about the tight end, Ryan. You want to get us started with uh, the
1: receiving core? I will. And uh, it's weird that I went this way because for the Browns, it was actually my only like kind of like negative play that I'm going to talk about this week, and that's Mr. Amari Cooper our new wide receiver one on our team. But for fantasy purposes, he hasn't been all too fantastic. He finished as the wide receiver 27 last year. You know, not great. Definitely his lowest since his injury seasons in Oakland. And what there are a lot of questions around this offense. You know, we don't want to hammer too much on Watson because none of us really know what's going to happen. But if Watson misses, you know, let's just guess six games just for the sake of safety. That's not very great for a wide receiver one especially on a team that nobody knows who's going to be the primary workhorse uh, when it comes to the pass catching role. That's not great, but he's going as the wide receiver 19 right now, ADP wise. That's a little bit too high to me. When there are guys going around him like a Jalen Waddle, a Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, I think I would want all of those guys over him when I'm coming to fantasy football drafts. But, and his ceiling is realistically a maybe a back-end wide receiver one. So if I'm taking somebody at 19, I want somebody with a lot of high upside too. So I don't know if I'm going to be taking too much Amari Cooper this year. I think he's a great talent at wide receiver. I think he's a solid football player. But for fantasy purposes, I just don't know if that rings out too much.
0: Yeah, I feel like with the uh, lack of proven, you know, competition, kind of like we were talking about David and Joku. you know, depending on how long or if there is any suspension on Watson and – you know, one of the biggest NFL insiders, Ian Rappaport, was on the Pat McAfee show this week and said it could be anywhere between four and 10 games or anywhere in between that. So, if even if it is at the high end and he does come back in right towards your playoff time, that could be a perfect league winner for you to start balling out because Kiki QT was successful with Deshaun Watson throwing in the football. So, you know, I'm not swayed away from him and I think he has the upside. Even, I mean, when he was in Dallas, there was another team that we would talk about, like the old Rams with Cooper and Robert Woods, and, you know, some of those teams, DK and Tyler Lockett, who could finish in the top 15, both of those guys. So, I don't think that that talent's gone really anywhere. So, Amari Cooper's going to be a big guy I'm targeting this year in drafts.
1: That's yeah. bold. For a guy who has never caught more than eight touchdowns in a season, I... Oof he he's hard to like judge because he is a great receiver when it comes to NFL football, what you're watching on Sundays, but I don't know if he's lining your pocketbooks when it comes to the end of the day. Yeah. And I don't think you
0: really need to pay that price for him either. I mean, back in that wide receiver 19, there, there's a lot of question marks out there and you know, would you rather have half a season with Deshaun Watson throwing your receiver, the ball or a full season of Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke throwing your guy, the ball.
1: That's scary. When it's a guy like scary, Terry, scary, Terry's, one of the yeah. probably top five talented wide receivers in the
0: league. I, I like Terry, but I think he always falls down my my tier board and my ranking as he should. board because of that quarterback. Yeah, as he should fall
2: down. But well, it's not even Terry. Well, you also mentioned who Michael Pittman. Who Michael Pittman, Scott who I will, Matt Ryan I will yeah, yeah, I would take Michael Pittman all day there. Jalen Waddle. Somebody who
1: can see 120 targets yeah, in a season, I no mean, matter who's
2: throwing him I, the ball. I think it's just the uncertainty of the Deshaun Watson situation that's kind of steering me away from Amari Cooper right now. And – and that's
0: definitely justified. And I think if it gets closer and closer to draft season, if you're in, you know, August, and there's still, I think there's definitely going to be a decision before then. And even if it is a six game or something along those lines, and he drops, and say he's in, which that, is what will happen, he'll, he'll be at the, drop. he'll be from the wide receiver 19. Let's just, you know, for shits and gigs say he comes in at wide receiver 25. That
1: is something I'm all all over so, because I think
0: he has the ability to. Be successful even with Jacoby Brissett throwing him the ball. All
1: right, so I'll give you an example: Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett.
0: I'm definitely going to go Cooper I because I'm I don't, Cooper I don't see too. that quarterback, that situation improving at all. No, and Drew Lock couldn't, couldn't be successful with one of the best weapon tandems in the NFL right now with Judy and Sutton and you know Noah Fon, all those other guys that run game like he was still shit. So he's not going to be anything with DK
1: and Lockett.
2: Yeah, I, I would take. I'd take Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett.
1: I think I would, too, in that situation. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so it's going to be a risky pick. And, you know, that's what it's going to come down to, and that's what's going to make a difference in your championship run when it comes to fantasy. Um, I'm going to go ahead. We kind of talked a lot about the Browns. We know their run game is solid as it can be. I'd be, you know, comfortable drafting a Chubb and, you know, back into the first round, early second. Kareem Hunt is my favorite backup running back to draft in fantasy. He should be everybody's because he has the talent of a top 10 back. So yeah, he may not have the opportunity. He's not a real
1: backup. He's a, he's a one, a one B. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And if, you know, I don't want to even mention this or speak this into the EFIS, but if Nick Chubb for some reason goes down for a few weeks, he's a guy who can just take over. Um, and he's a, he's a, you know, rushing leader. But anyways, besides the point of the run game, I'm going to go ahead and talk about one of my sleepers of the year, And, honestly, a lot of people have been talking about him, but I think he's right now at wide receiver 85. Yeah,
1: that's not happening,
2: especially in our
0: home leagues. That's no ADP of 226. Nope. That's the rookie out of Purdue, David Bell. Top five rookie receiver this year. This is a guy who's done nothing but produce at the college level, and one of the biggest things that translates from the college to the NFL is production. If the guy can produce, the guy will produce. And I just think that with him taking over that Jarvis Landry role, playing in the slot, he is going to get a ton of targets. And depending on when Deshaun Watson can come back, this guy can literally be, like Ryan was saying, a top five rookie receiver this year. And for a guy who's pretty much free, you probably won't even need to draft him or draft him in the last pick of your drafts. This is a guy I'm going to be hammering all day because I think he has a, a very, he's very, very likely to finish in the top 36 and be one of the you know three
1: wide receivers. His catch radius is amazing. He's a big-body, physical dude. He's not like the most athletic guy out on the field, but he is somebody who, if you throw the ball his way, he's going to fight for it and he's going to get it. And that's what I love about David Bell. I don't know if you saw the stat, that came, or not stat, but the report that came out earlier, he hasn't dropped a pass yet in any of these opening practices. The dude is a stud, so if he's on the field, I, I'm loving it all day. I think he does have the chance to really outproduce his adp and i'll produce a lot of these rookie receivers who are you know being clamored with
0: and and these are some guys that he's going around just for reference marquez callaway nope mm. cedric wilson yeah i like cedric okay Levisca chennault sterling nope. shepherd nope josh reynolds nope. like these are guys that like i don't see the upside in any of those guys but i do see it in david bell mainly because of what i've been hammering with the clinton browns the lack of unprovenness could Anthony Schwartz take a step this year? Possibly. Could DBJ solidify as that number two guy? Possibly. I don't know. I haven't really seen enough to say that where that depth chart is going to lie out when it comes to the season. But um, that's all I got for the Cleveland Browns. You guys got anybody else you want to talk about? Um,
1: On the Browns, I don't think I can think of, just as a team, they're winning the Super Bowl. So all right, well, let's get I into think, the
0: real uh, I think that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, show. To, wow. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. All right, oh, so let's get uh, started with... The worst team in the AFC North.
1: Worst team in the AFC.
0: Finally going to get his first losing season as a head coach, oh, Mr. I Mike Tomlin. Wait. Oh, that's oh, hilarious. And I can't wait. the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go ahead and get started because this is a guy I used to be a huge fan of his first few years. And it was mainly because of the opportunity. That's Mr. Deontay Johnson. And I am so worried about this guy as a fantasy player because I, I really did like him. And even though I don't like the Steelers, he was one of my favorite guys to target because he would just get hammered with targets, the two-yard out routes, quick slants, drags, all that stuff. Even when he would drop 60 passes in a season, he's still getting 150 targets.
1: I don't know if that offense is going to be like that this year. And that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, I definitely think there's a big drop-off coming without Ben there. he is He's a target machine. He's a solid wide receiver. He's, he's great on the field, but – I don't see him seeing 120, 130 targets like normal. I don't see him passing 110 catches, so I think his production definitely takes a big slip, and that kind of knocks him out of that like wide receiver 12 to 15 range for me too. Yeah, and he's going right
0: now at wide receiver 14, 35th overall. Like, are you gonna? I don't know if I could take that risky of a of a stab in the third round. Now, if you know more stuff comes out and he starts to slide into that fourth, fifth round, that would, I'm taking. It. I would feel comfortable, you know, taking yeah. a taking a stab at it, but. That high, like, your first few rounds are going to make or break your team. And if you don't hit those first, you know, four studs that come off the waiver wire, you're pretty much going to be fighting a losing battle all season.
2: Yeah, my my Steelers fandom aside, I, I would have to say just about every pass catcher on the Steelers worries me from a fantasy standpoint.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with that. I think that, you know, some of them could have a couple good games here and there. Right. Depending on who the quarterback is, if it's, you know, Mitch or if it's, you know, baby hands can't hold a whopper picket or whoever it may be, you never know. But I just, I don't, the, the Steelers used to be a team I hated, but a fantasy players that I loved because they were usually concentrated targets, concentrated run game.
1: I don't know if that's how it's going to be this year. No, it'll be a concentrated run game for a dude who, outside of volume alone, isn't really producing top-tier numbers, but, you know, the volume gets him there. So, yeah, go ahead and talk about that guy, Kyle.
2: I, I will. Perfect segue. Thank you. And and that volume is the exact reason why this is probably the only player that I can say I absolutely trust in fantasy. I mean, anytime you're getting 20-plus carries a game, y- you got to figure – not to mention all the work in the passing game. I mean, you got to figure he's good for at least 10 to 12 points bare minimum. I mean, I the only the, the offensive line worries me, but volume is king. No. I have a question for you though. Oh boy.
0: So, Najee Harris was very good last year. Yes. What are your thoughts on his press conference saying that he's going to be taking some time? I'm so glad off you asked me this the passing downs, and possibly losing some of that passing you know what work. what I say is a bunch of
2: horse shit.
1: Because Probably. you're telling it's me... It's
2: coming from who, himself. Who, this isn't coach my, I,
1: I get it. I get it. This coach tells him to get on the field. He's getting his ass on the it field. It
2: sure as shit ain't going to be Benny Snell out there, nor is it going to be Anthony McFarlane. Don't shit on Anthony McFarlane. I'm just saying, when you have three
0: decent weapons when it comes to Muth, you know, Deontay, Claypool, and you, you always find different receivers. I mean, that's a wide receiver factory in Pittsburgh. They don't need a guy who's supposed to be their bell cow out in passing work. Is that what they've always done? Yes. But maybe they were, you know, a little discouraged with that three-point, whatever yards
1: of carry they had last year with them. And they want to save him to, you know, be more effective in the run game. The one thing you do like to see for Najee is when you're looking at those stats, especially on Sleeper, and it tells you their snap percentages. He's had, like, multiple weeks with 100% snaps. Yes, he has. That is bizarre for any position player in the NFL. So, Yeah. yeah. His volume is king, and that will make him a top, you know, five, maybe top ten at worst back. But, yeah, that production isn't great. And with a team that's kind of slipping with weapons and, you know, what we're expecting out of them this year, I definitely think it takes a little bit of a dive for Najee.
0: I think he's one of the most risky picks in the first round. Agreed. Like, I think he has the ability to finish outside the top 12 this year. Yeah. And when you're drafting him at seventh overall, the sixth running back off the board, like, that you can't have that and be competitive. Especially if they do decide to, quote-unquote, take it easy on him. Man, you for, know. for all my people, like myself, who've been drafting Saquon in the top five, top seven the last four years, this is the exact risky guy, in my opinion. It's going to be the same thing. Or can Could your team handle it without Saquon on the field or not producing at a top level? No, you couldn't. Nope. You may be finished sixth and, and squeaked into the playoffs once. That's it.
2: And that's what makes me nervous. I'm just feeling all the hate right now. It There's is no losing hate. out. I, I'm a dodgy owner in that, dynasty. The, I think the the thing thing is, is, this is true. The thing is like, as much as
0: I hate the Steelers, I do respect them when it comes to fantasy because they have always had good producers, but I just, I'm worried that with the coaching changes in the offense and you know, it, it's, it's a different, I it, hate, I hated big Ben more than most people. Like if someone ran me off the road and he was wearing a brown shirt, yeah, I'd be like, okay, if someone cut me in line, and they were in a Big Ben jersey, I'd fight him. Like the, <laughs> like that's like how much I don't like this. Like I don't like that guy because he has kicked Cleveland's ass his whole career, and he was good. Yeah. Big Ben is good, and he was able to help his team produce, in, especially in fantasy. He was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks, not for his own production, but for the people around him because he was a checkdown
2: down machine towards the end of his career. And uh, one thing, uh, last thing I'll say about Najee is, if those reports are true and he does get his volume reduced, that w- obviously, I mean, his, his value is immediately impacted and probably severely. Yeah, definitely
1: so. a, a weakened offensive line, a lack of real proven talent around him outside of a Deontay Johnson. Because Chase Claypool, he's a one-trick pony. He's a deep ball guy. Uh, I love George Pickens. I think he's an incredible talent, but he's a rookie receiver and a you know a little bit of an off offense. So we'll see how that actually goes. Najee's going to have to do it all this year to finish again in the top five like he did last year, and I just don't really see that happening again. Yeah, I just
0: I see so many guys with higher, not higher upside, but just as high of an upside as Najee going in the second round. Yeah, and that their feel, floor isn't as low as yeah, his. and I would feel so much safer going with a Chase or a Cooper Cup or a Jefferson or even Mixon or someone like that. Agreed. And then pairing up with a guy who maybe isn't as talented as Najee in the second round with as a running back, but. That's just me. I'm not going to completely stay away from him. Except for this season I am going completely zero RB. So I'm staying away from all those guys. Ryan, you want to finish it off with the last Pittsburgh Steeler?
1: Yeah, somebody who's I'm I don't want to say my favorite Steeler because that's a gross nasty thing to say and I kind of want to throw up after those uh, words came out I'm of my I almost got that powder ready like back that. End <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> No, but it, it's a uh, baby Gronk. It's Pat Fryermuse. He is he's an incredibly talented tight end. He, you know, he's great at pass catching. He's great in blocking. He's He's one of the few weapons who might actually have that real surgence this year. A little bit of a, not going to say a little bit of a disappointment last year, but he was splitting time with a, you know, former first round tight end in Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron's gone. Uh, The one thing I liked is Eric Ebron, his last healthy year in Pittsburgh in 2019, saw 91 targets. That's a fucking lot. And now he's going to play with a quarterback, either a Mitch Trubisky, who his last year when he was starter in Chicago threw to the tight end, 23% of the time, or B a Kenny Pickett, you know, rookie quarterbacks tend to check down a lot.
0: Yeah, but I mean, can he hold the ball?
1: He might not be able to. He's going to have to get rid of it quick, and it might slip out of his hands and land you right know, in Pat Fryer Pry- 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 wheelhouse.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt
2: you, man. I, I have to say this real quick. You said 91 targets for Eric Ebron. In 2019. Not, not only is that a lot, that's too fucking many for Eric Ebron. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure.
1: So, you know, especially when Tomlin's coach, like, They'll feed whoever is the hot hand and who will get the ball. And I think Pat Frymus might be that guy this year. So for somebody who is going right now as the tight end 10 in ADP, I kind of think that's where he should be going. Like, that is a value pick. That is somebody who, when you're taking a tight end that late, you're not usually taking your starter. You're taking somebody to play week one, and then you're going to stream out the rest of the year. You didn't get Kelsey. You didn't get Andrews. You didn't get Pitts. You didn't get Kittle. You're You're playing the tight end roulette. And I think he's a perfect example of somebody who might just stay loaded in the chamber that whole year. He can have a big surge this year. And with, like I said, with Eric Ron gone, if Pat Frying sees 90 to 100 targets in a yeah, year, I want that. That is a steal. That is an yeah. absolute steal for fantasy football purposes. So I'm a big Pat guy this year.
0: Yeah, Muth is going as tight end 10 right now, ADP of 96. And the only thing I want to bring up is a couple of the guys who are going after him who I'm not going to say I would want that person over the Muth. But I think I wouldn't be up, I wouldn't be upset with getting these guys a little bit later. That's Mike Kosicki, Hunter Henry, Gronk, the guy we talked about Ninjoku, Irv Smith, Gerald Everett. Like if you paired up two of those guys and didn't have to waste, like I just I get so nervous of drafting the tight ends in ADP that are like seven to twelve. Because if they don't hit that, that will hurt your team instead of trying to pick a streaming
1: option later on. Yeah, but outside of, like, an Njoku or, you know, I mean, if Gronk were to come back, his ADP would rise way above oh, yeah. that. I don't know if anybody else has the ceiling that Pat does.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like with the Steelers this year, normally I would feel a little bit safe taking that guy, that third option receiver or whoever it may be. But with the just unknown when it comes to the quarterback play, like, you just don't really know. And I don't know if this is a team... That I'm gonna want to take risks on, like if this is a tight end for, you know, it's it's a it's hard to find an example that, but okay, like a, like a Robert Tunyon for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, like I think I would rather take a stab at someone like that, and a lot of the other tight ends on good teams, you know, they're some of the top guys like the Chiefs with Kelsey or even a Dawson right. Knox or you know some of those guys, so it's hard to find those examples, but even like an Albert O or you know. Uh, Gerald Everett, or someone who's playing with an elite quarterback, I feel like I would almost feel safer than taking Muth with the un- with the you know questionable quarterback play on whoever it's going to be.
1: But the good thing about questionable questionable quarterback play when it comes to the tight end position is that's where questionable quarterbacks look. They look at their yep. tight ends. They look at those easy shots. They look like, oh shit, I'm about to be hit, even though that dude's twenty yards away. Let me get it to the first guy who's looking at me and oh, that's always your tight end who's running a five. And I court. thought
0: that's why Austin Hooper was gonna be dominant in Cleveland, and he was shit.
1: Yeah, but Austin <laughs> Hooper is shit.
0: He was great for Atlanta. All I'm saying is if they don't score enough touchdowns, no one is going to be that valuable Correct. on that
1: team. Which is the nice And thing. I don't
0: think that they're gonna be that good. The other
1: nice thing about tight end is you're taking the tight end 10, you are playing the streaming roulette game. So I, I, I think he's a favorite to kind of like emerge into that like top eight area where we're taking that tight end and we're just going to ride him out all year
2: yeah i mean tight end 10 i'm taking it i feel like once you get to that 10 12 14 range they're all about the same you're just kind of trying to fish you're either drafting
1: him or you're drafting the wide receiver five on the buccaneers yeah Mm. so that's that's what's happening around that position hey russell gage
0: ain't that bad all right hey
1: i'm hammering russell gage especially this year hell yeah that took a turn love (laughs) russell gage all right now onto the nfc south (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right. Does anyone have
2: anything left to uh, speak about for the AFC North? Um, um, how upset are you guys going to be when you finish below the Steelers in the division?
0: It all depends on how much our quarterback plays. If our quarterback whoa, plays... Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 It doesn't matter. You'll have Brissett. We'll have either Trubisky or Pickett. We'll I mean, still kick your we're ass. We're playing like, the same I game mean, here. We're not worried about the Steelers. Ravens guys have about a, a
0: first-round quarterback. We got Brissett. You guys should be better at that point.
2: Should be. You're, you're lucky. Trubisky was a first round quarterback. Top
0: five.
1: Like they were both good. Wait, Top he, two, and he was two. Yes, and I'm he not was. one. Oh wait, that's not how. How it goes. fucking dumb were the Bears for trading up like a fuck ton to move up one spot to take him when the Niners weren't even going to take him? Oh, yeah. I love it. Last thing I'm going to leave on the AFC North is I think
0: all of these teams, aside from the Steelers, have a lot of options. Later in drafts that I'm going to be taking a stab at because I don't think there's a lot of solidified receiving receivers on any of these teams aside from the Bengals, but still like a Tyler Boyd, like that's a guy I would not be upset at having on my team and on my bench.
1: I'm, I plan on taking a lot of George Pickens this year.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm not going to be taking many of the Steelers players this year because of the uncertainty, but any of the Ravens guys, any of the Bengals guys, and of course, any of the Browns guys, I'm not staying away from when it comes to the later rounds of my drafts. All right. Anything else? That'll do it, boys. Well, I just wanted to thank everybody for uh, tuning in this week. Want to make sure uh, to hit us up on any of those social media platforms. We're at HitStickFantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as our own personal Twitters. I am at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at TheRealRyanLong. At KBrew22. Also, any long for feedback, send us an email, HitStickFantasy at gmail.com. And, of course, rate, review, and uh, spread the word. We appreciate all you guys. Please Have a great day. on
1: Apple, iPod, on Apple Podcasts. Steelers suck. Fuck you, not the quarterback, Chris Sims.